The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to the Ghost Story Guys. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys. I'm Brennan Storer. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is a show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun is set, and this is most definitely one. Thanks for tuning in. It's Tuesday, May 16th. This is episode nine, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. How you doing, Ian? I'm not bad at all, Brennan. How are you? I, I'm pretty good myself, thanks. Excellent. A weekend before last, I was over in Vancouver attending the third annual Cannabis Hemp Conference and Expo. <laughs> Met a few people, learned some stuff. Obviously, I don't talk about it much on air, but back in 2016, I spent several months working in the cannabis industry as a bud tender. Uh, a bud tender. A bud tender. It, it doesn't sound any <laughs> less ridiculous if we repeat it multiple times. Uh, I've tried. Um, so what exactly does a bud tender do? It's like being a bartender, except... The alcohol is marijuana and the customers can't consume the product on site and every shift you run the risk of being arrested <laughs> and the tips suck. Well, that all sounds perfectly <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh, you know, it was actually one of the best jobs I ever had. I mean, the pay was decent. Most of the people were fun. And since I came on staff knowing absolutely nothing about marijuana, there was a whole world of stuff to learn. And also I'm Italian and, and deep down in our bones, <laughs> we're meant to be merchants. I mean, I love the hell out of the little things, really cleaning windows and display cases, sweeping the floors, stocking the shelves. <laughs> You're a strange man. <laughs> I get that a lot. I was, I had to quit last summer for reasons I won't get into here and have been, shall we say, peripherally involved in the cannabis industry since. Uh, so I went to the conference to put some faces to names, get a sense of who everyone was and how they interacted with one another and... The real story, though, was the motel I stayed in. I saw the pictures. Tell me about it. It was the kind of place where they don't ask for ID. <laughs> they let you pay in cash. <laughs> and the woman who checks you in keeps twitching and sniffing. <laughs> the walls were cinder block. When I tried to open my one window, the aluminum frame came apart in my hands. Perfect. And the lock on the front door was more of a suggestion than anything Yeah, else. kind of a, oh, well, we have a bungee cord here for <laughs> It's <you>. a formality. <laughs> uh, my first night there, I fell asleep at 8.30, or sorry, at 11.30, to the sound of a domestic dispute in the next room. Perfect. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm used to people shouting at you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm safe yeah. in my little hovel. Yeah, absolutely. No one's going to bother me. Yeah. But then I woke up at 1 a.m. because it took a darker turn. Uh-oh. Uh, it sounded like, it, actually, when I came out of it, I thought I was still in a nightmare. Oh, wow. Because when at first, when it, it sounded like he was placating her. Right. But when I woke up the second time, she was saying in a very small voice, please stop hurting me. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I, thankfully, someone had called the police and they turned up shortly after I woke. And so did they arrest him? I I, I don't know. I passed out. <laughs> Once I knew everything was under control, I uh, thought, yeah, uh, I'm good. Oh, my God. I, I had to be up early, man. Uh-huh. Sometimes <laughs> I worry about you. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot, too. <laughs> uh, that's enough about me. You've had a big couple weeks, and it's not over yet. Tell the good people the story. Well, last Tuesday, we had uh, we were at Bowling Books for the book launch of my book, Victoria's Most Haunted, and it went really well. We had a great turnout. Um, it was standing room only. The people were great, and I'm 
I think we moved a bunch of books. So that's Fantastic. good news. Um, it was good. I, it was a different experience for me. I'm, I do the ghost walks. And right. so standing in front of the ghost walks, I'm just telling the stories. This was more focused on me, which it turns out I'm not as comfortable with. Um, I don't believe that. I, you know, and uh, when I when I was um, telling my first story, the, the bookstore guy's like, you can talk for 45 minutes and then we'll take some questions. So I did what I thought was a good long time and I'm kind of like winding it up and I'm like, and I think it was you or somebody said, it's only been 10 minutes. Well, that's exactly it. <laughs> you know what? I'm used to telling stories in 10 minute increments. I can't be held responsible. <laughs> but I do want to thank Bola Books. I want to thank Tori, um, my publisher. Assist at Touchwood Editions for putting on the event and David's Tea even provided free tea. And and you for hosting it. Hooray! I'm a hero. No, you are not a hero. <laughs> the opposite of hero. An anti-hero, not a villain. That's too good. Whatever it is, you're it. <laughs> that is harsh. <laughs> Before the signing, you put up an advertisement on Facebook that said people should, and I'm quoting you here. Come for my molten sexuality and stay for Ian's books or whatever. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in truth and advertising. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then afterwards, you hid behind a shelf and sold copies of your book <laughs> out of your book pack, like some middle-aged Camaro-driving creep selling dope to high school kids. Uh, I hit a little close to home. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Are you gonna uh, you're gonna hit the big time pretty soon? Are you not? I am booked uh, an appearance on Jim Harold's Ghost Insight podcast. In that June. is cool. That is cool. That is also thanks to you. If we are honest, and right. I strive for honesty, and then in two <laughs> days on May the 18th, I will be on Midnight in the Desert with Heather Wade from 9:25 p.m. to 1 a.m. That is a long time. That is a really long time, and I'm kind of nervous about that because they take callers, and I'm uncomfortable with that. So we'll see what happens. But you were on that show, weren't you? Yeah, I was. On midnight last year actually i think it was about a year ago of course that show was art bell show right and art bell used to be on coast to coast but he was like getting death threats or something oh yeah yeah like, things uh, got weird according to heather a sniper took a shot at him oh my god and that's why he retired yikes yeah it was our sniper's gonna take shots at me <laughs> is that what i have to worry about going on this show because i'm so important in my tiny island home <laughs> <laughs> Unless some handsome man currently holding a hydro flask water bottle has paid them, uh, then no, you should be fine. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I relieved to hear that. So over the last couple episodes, we've received a few requests to do tonight's topic. We have indeed. Yeah, and so this episode we're going to talk about shadow people. But I don't know a lot about shadow people. I had one sort of quasi-encounter my own. But you have had a lot of – in fact, you're the one who told me more about shadow people as a phenomenon than I hadn't really heard of it before. Uh, yeah, I, I have a few stories. Uh, and tonight we're going to tell those. Uh, a few I've heard from other people. And a few we found online. Oh, wow. Uh, now, obviously, we like to joke around on here, and we'll still be doing that. We but do. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> who saw that coming? Uh, not me. Yeah, certainly uh, not anyone who would have listened to the material we had to cut from the show, <laughs> during which Ian said several very racist things. <laughs> no, Ian did not, you pig. <laughs> oh, right. No, you're Ian. I'm, okay. No, yeah, no right. that was me. That I said several racist said, things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you'll never hear them, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I wonder if people have been hearing the little bits I've been putting on the end of the episode after the music. Uh, you know what? I'm wondering if people will go back and listen now. They should. Because it, well, no, they shouldn't because it doesn't paint me in a very nice light. Paints both of us in <laughs> very poor lights. But well, uh, mostly Brennan. Mostly. You yeah. know, it's true. It's true. And I know you, it's hard to imagine me being painted in a worse light, <laughs> but I assure you. 
Shadow people are a pretty powerful subject, so consider this your two-minute warning to get yourself somewhere well-lit, preferably under a blanket. Good call. Uh, our little cabin here on the far side of sleep is most definitely haunted, and sometimes when we record, energies do get stirred up, and mm -hmm. I kind of have to wonder if the subject matter will draw some company towards us. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Ghost Story, guys. We're just about to talk shadow people. For those of you not familiar with the concept, shadow people are entities who take the shape of men but are also entirely made of shadow, all black with no physical features apart from their outline. Uh, shadow people are often explained away by the scientific community as a byproduct of sleep paralysis. And of course, sleep paralysis, you're familiar yeah, with it. Yeah, of course. For those of you who are, who are not, sleep paralysis is when your brain gets temporarily stuck between REM sleep and wakefulness. Right. And you feel aware of your surroundings, but your body's still in the frozen state that REM uses to stop you from acting out your dreams. Uh, thank God. Yeah, no kidding. You ever have a dream where partway through you say to yourself, man, I hope I'm not acting this out in bed right now? I have not. <laughs> and if you could not elaborate on those type of dreams, I would greatly appreciate it. Fine. <laughs> yeah. We're all grateful, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the paralysis from REM sleep is what stops you from doing that, and sleep paralysis is believed to be a short circuit of the sleeping process. Uh, it's in that frozen but aware state some people have experienced a crushing sensation yeah. in their chest, sometimes accompanied by a vision of an old woman. Right. Um, these visions are usually called the night hag or the old hag. Uh, because in times past, people believe this vision was an actual witch stealing life force from them. Now, isn't this also where the stories of like the succubus come from? Because as people, we can't get past the whole thing about sex. Maybe you can't. <laughs> but the rest of us are over here being adults. And... Oh, yeah. You're the adult in the room. That's <laughs> yeah. correct. I'm just f***ing with you. Uh, yeah, no, I do believe that's the most likely explanation. Well, skeptics believe shadow people are another manifestation of that sleep state. More, more or less, yeah. yeah there yeah. was an experiment a while back, maybe a year or two ago. I couldn't find it again while researching the show, but scientists stimulated a certain part of the brain and it produced an effect that essentially let the person being worked on see a shadow version of themselves that moved when they moved. Oh, yikes. Yeah, right? But yeah, so this shadow version of themselves would move when they moved and, and this was, of course, touted as the answer to the riddle of shadow people. But of course, it never explained why these things were also seen doing things the witness's body is not, like running, walking, staring out from darkened closets or looming over them. Okay, it's interesting you put in that thing about darkened closets because even as a Go kid, on. I would always have my closet door closed. I could not sleep in a room with the closet door open. I was absolutely convinced there were dark people in the closet watching me. So interesting. I honestly, I couldn't sleep in a room with the closet door open. It freaked me out since I, as long as I can remember. That's fascinating. I mean, yeah. I wonder how much that is just, you know, fear of the dark. Right. I mean, I know they always explain fear of the dark away as just a sort of natural response to, you know, the unknown. Yeah. But I'm not totally convinced by no, that. No, I, I, as even, I can remember living in England and being three, four years old and having things that would sort of pass through my room. It terrified me. I slept with the covers over my head till I was 12. And funny enough, I remember a time when Nick and I were living over there with her mom before we moved back after getting married. Right. And one night I woke up, I want to say about two or three in the morning, and I heard a knock at our bedroom door. Okay. And I heard a woman's voice say, in, in an English accent, which I'm not going to replicate here, <laughs> I heard this English woman's voice say, Peter, Peter, are you there, Peter? I thought, what the f*** is going on? I thought a crazy woman had yeah. wandered into the house at night. Yeah. I, I just kind of lay there. I wasn't sure what to do. And then Nick got up and she went to the door and I said, what, what the hell are you doing? 
And she looked at me. She was half asleep. She said, I'm going to the bathroom. But it was – there was such a proximity. Yeah. I thought she'd heard this thing and was getting right. up to respond to but it. But it probably woke her up uh, may have been, realizing it. It may have been, yeah. yeah. But yeah. she – of course, she opened the door. There's no one there. Right. But I found out later they have an uncle named Peter. Oh. A, quite an elderly uncle named Peter. Wow. So a relative? Maybe. I don't know. It was a Their strange – mother? Uh, yeah, it could be. I, yeah. It's hard to It's hard to say, but wow. it was – Really incredible. Wow. I mean, uh, that's I mean, ghost stories in England is something I'd love to do at some point. Right. Maybe in a future episode. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So shadow people, I mean, how do you feel about it? This and missing time slash missing people are the only subjects I've researched which have genuinely unnerved me. Oh, wow. I think probably because, I mean, one, I've seen shadow people. Yeah. And that seeing shadow people is what challenged my atheism. Right. Because I before I started writing the book, as I've said a million times in yeah. various interviews, I, I was more or less an atheist. And I started writing the book for, just for fun. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw these things yeah. and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And I mean, it actually reminded me that I had an encounter with them when I was a kid. Oh. Yeah. Not people, but uh, shadow animals and bats. Whoa. Yeah, it was. How, how do you know they weren't actual bats? Because I'm assuming it would be dark. <laughs> well, if actual bats can fly through your chest, Ooh, then uh, I, am un- I have been unaware of it until that, now. Yeah, they can. You didn't know that. Weird. <laughs> I know so little about the natural world. <laughs> Apparently. Because I don't understand what is happening, yeah. even more so than any other phenomenon, mm-hmm. and, and because they seem to have agency. Right. You right, know, ghosts, right. you can say, oh, they're after closure yeah. or they want to reach someone or right. they're trapped. Right. These things, I just don't have a frame of reference for that. I don't have, um, you know, I don't have an idea of, of what they are. And I mean, some people have, um, possible explanations, you know, I mean, demons mm-hmm. because yeah. of course demons are everywhere. Demons are everywhere. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, I've never had a good encounter with shadow people, right. but then I've never had a good experience with someone named Derek either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think they're all demons. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, good point. Some people think they're time travelers, mm-hmm. which I think is moronic. Yeah. Uh, you know, the year is 2049. The hot new sport of shadowing has swept the globe. <laughs> people use the incredible power of going back in time to scare people into crapping their pants. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Realistic. I mean, I don't doubt we'd misuse time travel. Oh, I know I would. Yeah, I would, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just don't think we'd misuse it in quite this boring way. No. So, yeah, the one explanation that has some kind of weight to me is that they're an entity that feeds on fear. Uh, you know, they have they have not a lot of interest in actually harming you because I don't think they can physically harm you. Right. Uh, but they want to scare the bejesus out of you because that emotional energy is what feeds them. So like monsters. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's <laughs> um, your book signing. Someone asked me if I thought they could be men in black, which of course, I mean, you're aware of and right, I yeah. assume most of our listeners are. But if you're not, uh, they're mysterious figures who are said to appear at the doors of people who have witnessed or been involved with UFO phenomenon. Right. I have doubts about the legitimacy of this of men and black phenomenon, and, and like black eyed kids, I think there's a lot of smoke and no fire. Well, yeah, and I think realistically, the government can't even pay their employees properly. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's a super secret government agency that's run using secret alien money to control people. People don't care. No, that's that's it. I I, I think I think there's a lot of. I, I mean, I, I'm sure there's an actual psychological term, but I think there's just a lot of wanting to believe that these researchers are more important than they are. Yeah. So there's yeah. this whole fiction that makes them important by well, having these guys. And that's what conspiracy theories do too, right? Like they of course, make you yeah. feel more powerful than you are. But talk to me more about Black Eyed Kids. What's that all about? Uh, Black Eyed Kids are pretty much exactly that. I mean, um, 
They're children with black, entirely black eyes who attempt to convince people who are home alone to let them in. Uh, okay, now, let me be clear about this. Anyone approaching my home with entirely black eyes is not getting in. <laughs> this is not rocket science. I don't care how old you are. Go find your mom. You're not coming in my house. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm on board. I mean, uh, the, the whole story started in 19, I want to say 1996. Okay. Thereabouts, um, it was in Abilene, Texas, and it was told by a journalist named Brian Bethel. Right. Bethel was sitting in his car outside a bank. Uh, this is back in the wild and woolly days where you would pay bills at the terminal. What? I know, right? <laughs> and uh, he was, you know, it was booked uh, late at night, like 10, 30, 11. And he was sitting there writing out a check, and all of a sudden there's a knock at his window. And so he, he, he looked, and there were three kids standing there, and they... He couldn't really see their faces. It was raining. They had hoodies on. So he rolled down the window a bit. And as soon as he did, he was struck with this sense of caution. Right. And these kids, they they said, hey, man, you know, we, we want to go see the movie Mortal Kombat. Uh, this would have been 97 because right. Mortal Kombat right. Retribution had just come out. Of course you'd know that. Uh, yeah. it's uh, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I have seen it. <laughs> so these kids said, we want to see the movie. Right. But we forgot our wallets. Can you give us a lift back to my buddy's house so we can get our money? And... We'll come back. And it's, you know, it's not that far. So Bethel thought, well, you know, that's fine. I mean, I guess that's not that bad. But he just, for what, some reason, he, at an instinctual level, did not want to that do it. That strong sense of caution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so he, he left the window where it was, partially rolled down. He said it was like when they were talking to him, it was his guard started yeah, to, to yeah. slip a bit. And then he saw the dashboard clock and he realized that the movie had already started. Right. And by the time he brought them anywhere and brought them back, the movie's going to be pretty close to being over. So he said, yeah, you know, I, I just can't and, and started to kind of make excuses. And the kid got really insistent. And the kid said, no, just just, just invite us in. Just let us in. Oh, wow. And he said, um, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Right. And that's when the kid kind of looked at, fully looked at him and his eyes were fully black. Yikes. And the kid said, no, you, you have to invite us in. Wow. You have to invite us in. That is not cool. And no. And so Bethel got the hell out of there. Yeah. And that's the end of the story. I mean, wow. he's... He's been on all kinds of TV shows talking about this. You know, I've read his original account. It's on available online if you Google it. Um, right. So I, I believe him. I believe it happened. But a lot of the stories that have come from since then have really just been carbon copies of his tale. Right. Yeah. You know, Me Tooism kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've read dozens of accounts of these things, and some of them sound legitimate. You know, some of them sound like maybe this is another manifestation of this thing. Um, but a lot of them just sound like. Idiots who want to be part of something. Sure, I get that. Or, or you know, creepy pasta. Right. You, you yes. know. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not that committed to to sort of researching and believing the phenomenon. But there are some things that interest me, like the, the shades of vampire lore. You know, yeah, yeah. where the kids got to be invited, invited in. in. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which weirdly is like me. I won't just turn up at someone's house. You have to invite me. Don't let him in. <laughs> not if you got stuff in the fridge, because you won't when I'm done. And I mean, some people have suggested uh, the children are a result of alien human or shadow human breeding programs. Okay. <sighs> yeah. If you listen closely, you can hear a little piece of my soul dying as I say this. <laughs> I mean, if anyone has evidence, I'm willing to listen, obviously. Sure. But the whole human slash other entity breeding program trope, that, that's hard for me to buy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people have a hard enough time just breeding with another human. So well, that's I, it, right? I can't see an alien being and super anxious to do it. It's always those people that the aliens are picking for their... Farm. Oh, naturally. You know. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, these guys are all, wah, wah, no, I wouldn't do that. Aliens, come find me. <laughs> you know, like, you, you got a breeding program to start. 
I'm here. Oh, God. You, you beam me up with some Gatorade and some bananas? <laughs> and you're good to go. We're going to have ourselves a party. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, thank you for that. No problem. All right. Uh, yeah, but so, I mean, ultimately, we have no idea what shadows are. Mm. And, uh, you know, but I think by listening to stories, maybe we can make some educated guesses. Before we get started with the stories, however, uh, it might be helpful to talk about what kind of shadow people are out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in addition to straight up shadow people, which again are just humanoid figures with no definable physical features, right. just uh, their shadows, yeah. their living shadows. People have seen what they call the hat man, okay. which is essentially a shadow person wearing a wide brimmed hat. Sometimes they're wearing a cloak. Oh, wow. Or what appears to be a cloak. Yeah. A hat man is one of those things too that people see everywhere. You know, this is not an isolated thing. Oh, interesting. And I actually have a story later on of the hat man, which is not at all intimidating or frightening. There seems to be an element of interpretation involved. Right. As to how you feel about these things, whether or not they're scary. Yeah. But um, in addition to the hat man, there are also shadow people with red or green eyes. And like I mean, Christmas. That's festive. <laughs> And of course, the general consensus is that they're evil, you know? Yeah. It's helpful to have red eyes. Well, glowing red eyes. Yeah. (laughs) If people had that, right? You know? Careful dating that guy, Jenny. Steve said he saw him in the locker room at the gym and his balls were glowing red. (laughs) Sure sign. Like Rudolph. So we've got a, a selection of stories here that are some of which, again, we, we've sort of culled from online. And, yeah. I, and I, I, as best as I could, I used my BS detector to find stories that seem true to what I know of the phenomenon. Right. Uh, and of course, then we're going to talk a little bit about some other things which kind of tie into that. And I'll have some, you know, I have my own personal shadow stories and you kind of have uh, your own as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, this first story comes from Houston, Texas. The person's written, when I saw the figure, I had just rented an apartment in Houston and was living alone. As my room was small, my bed was positioned with the long side flat against the wall, so I always slept with my back against the wall. My room was very dark. The only light was the faint glow of a faraway streetlight. One night I recall being awakened out of a deep sleep by a strange feeling of uneasiness. I opened my eyes to find a short, dark figure standing in front of me, right up against the bed. This figure was blacker than the blackness of my room. It was short, maybe about four feet tall. I couldn't make out any facial features or eyes, and the outline kind of looked like someone draped in a sheet. The intense energy of this being was very frightful, and I did not have a good feeling about it. I felt as though it was looking very intently at me. For a time, I just lay there, paralyzed, as the figure looked at me. Suddenly, I was able to reach up and turn the light on. The figure disappeared. I know this wasn't a dream because I recall distinctly being awakened from sleep, and I feel what awakened me was the intense energy and presence of this shadow person. It seemed like it stood there watching me sleep, mostly out of curiosity. I have never encountered the creature again, and I hope to keep it that way. That reminds me of the office I used to work in. Okay. I'd be hanging out there at night reading or watching movies or whatever, and the office across from mine would be pitch black. Right. Because the main lights were off, you wouldn't think much about it. But then you'd look over again and you'd notice that the office was fairly well lit by the streetlight outside. Oh. Meaning something had been blocking your vision. Not cool. Not cool at all. No. This next story uh, brought up some strange associations for me, which, which we'll discuss after. Okay. An entity seems to have attached itself to my daughter. She has been seeing it in her room ever since she was small. It would come out of a shadowy corner or her closet and stay in her room for hours, checking out her toys and other belongings. She is now 20. Over the years, I've seen it and so have my husband and son. It comes at night, usually 1 to 3.30 a.m. Sometimes it touches you or comes right up to your face and crouches down, then runs quickly to and fro, leaving a stream behind it. My son feels it tapping him on the head, and both him and my daughter have seen it running in the hallway between their bedrooms. My daughter sees it frequently and always finds herself frozen, unable to move. It whispers to her, but she can't make out what it's saying. It often comes right up to her face 
and she feels it breathing on her. She said it feels like there are cobwebs on her face. It has pulled her hair, legs, and blankets. It has also followed her to her friends' homes, where some of their parents have mistaken it for an intruder. My two cats see it all the time. They're always staring at something, but I don't see it. Then, once nightfall comes, I do. Yikes, that is not cool. The cobwebs on the face thing is really interesting to me. Right. Uh, one, because I have always, ever since I was a kid, had incredibly disproportionately bad dreams about spiders. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I remember my wor- my very first nightmare. I was all five at the most. Right. Was seeing my father's head on just like a, an, a, a beige expanse. Okay. With spiders crawling all over it and this enormous furry tarantula coming out of his mouth, eating his tongue. Oh my God. Right? Wow. My very first nightmare. And now are you scared of spiders from real life as well? Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. no, I'm uh, uh, no, I'm not a fan of spiders at all. And so funny enough, I was listening to Mysterious Universe the other day, which right. is a fantastic podcast that you absolutely should check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a story about a woman who was being accosted at night but what she, by what she believed was some kind of extraterrestrial intelligence. Okay. But one of the, the thing that kind of caught me was that she said the initial contact with whatever it was felt like spider-like. Oh. Like threads or tiny little legs. Urgh. Yeah. So, and of course, even now, I mean, Nikki and I both, I'm sure we have spiders in our apartment, but it's not infested. Yeah. Uh, we both have, go through periods where we have really intense nightmares about spiders. Wow. Yeah. I remember one time um, I was, I was kicking around in the living room at night, you know, cause I'm always up later than her. And all of a sudden I heard her screaming. Right. And I mean, Nick doesn't have nightmares very often. No. So I ran in the bedroom and she was sitting up and she said, I just had this nightmare that all of a sudden hundreds of spiders were falling on me from the roof. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was terrifying. And I mean, I myself, yeah, have had nightmares about like spiders being just around things covered in spider webs. And it's, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some, you know, deep seated psychological reason (laughs) for this, but, and of course, I mean, as Lloyd Auerbach said in, uh, in Psychic Dreaming, our, you know, previous week's guest, Mm -hmm. there is no hard and fast definition for symbols and dreams. Right. So, you know, I, I looked it up. I looked up spiders in the dream dictionary and some horse shit about you're trapped in someone's web. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but when I see little connections like that, and of course it could just be me doing the whole drawing string between, sure, you sure. know, unrelated points, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it does feel, it, it feels like it all comes together in a way. And what it means, of course, I have no idea. Wow. But it's unpleasant, mm-hmm. deeply unpleasant. And, uh. I, as I said, I am not a fan of spider like anything. Right. And actually there's something else I always wonder about too, because I mean, if you've, you've experienced this, they call it, I think it's referred to as angel hair, the phenomenon. No. Um, it's probably not it. I'm probably getting it wrong, but basically it's the feeling when you're out in a field where there's no possibility there could be spider webs anywhere Yeah. where you feel like a spider web has fallen on you. Oh. And this, I mean, I've had this happen. Because, I mean, I am always aware when I pass through a spider web. Right. Because I start making plans to buy a condo on the moon. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean. No, I've never felt that. Yeah. I, I know of Angel I Pass, so I'm a big fan. But um, <laughs> no, not the. Well, as am I, it, yes. It, not the angel hair phenomena with the spider web. And the, to be clear, this is not angel hair pasta falling oh, on the field. Oh, okay. Well, that's that, unfortunate. I think that's what Italian heaven is like. 
<laughs> that would be pretty cool. The spaghettini dropping from the sky. <laughs> hey. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. That's, hey, that's our word. Oh, sorry. Our word. Uh, but yeah, so no, I, I, there's something about the spider association. I mean, who knows what it is? I don't think, again, alien spiders or whatever, but th- there have been other mentions of spiders in connection with contactee phenomenon or conspiracy stuff. Okay. You know, and again, I, I don't know what it means, but it's, it's interesting that that all kind of, is that it's all, it all comes together like that. Mm-hmm. On that horrifying note, uh, we're going to take a break and when we come back, we'll have more deeply uncomfortable stories of shadow people. Welcome back. We're talking about shadow people and trying desperately not to let on how much it scares us. <laughs> to hell with that. I'm here telling you it scares me. Me, Brendan Store, all six foot four inches of me. You're five eight. I, I meant in total. <laughs> oh, you're disgusting. And you wish. Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> this story stands out for me uh, because it's a case where the shadow people were not at all scary. This right. story. Both sides of my family claim to have seen paranormal activity, but I've always kept quiet about how strongly I feel a presence watching me as I sleep. Usually the presence feels evil and sits at the end of my bed, but last night it was a kind and loving feeling and I felt completely safe. I turned around in my bed and moved the duvet down a little bit, which is when I saw a very tall, thin silhouette of a faceless man who scurried away through the wall into my brother's room just before I could get a good look at him. What scared me the most was that I heard his footsteps, which carried on into the next room. I also heard strange whispers, which I couldn't make out. It was almost like I could hear what he was thinking. I've had a lot of these strange occurrences, but I thought I would share this one because it intrigues me the most and scares me the least. I'm really interested by this one because it's, it's not scary. You know, because it's almost all across the board that people are afraid of shadow people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it reminds me of a story from my book, A Strange Little Place, The Hauntings and Unexplained Events of uh, One Small Town, oh available my. everywhere fine books are sold. But basically in that story, it's from the house on the bank, and it's which was uh, near the courthouse in Revelstoke. Right. For, I want to say the better part of 30 years, there is this figure who is all black and has a hat and looks like it's wearing like a cloak. Oh, wow. And it's just upstairs in this house. And the, the family who've lived there, it's been a couple generations – uh, one generation came back with their kids to visit someone else living there. And they told the kids, you know, you go play upstairs. Eventually the kids came back downstairs and said, Hey, we're not playing up there anymore. We're tired of that guy looking at us. Oh, I remember the story from your book. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's very memorable. You should buy a copy. <laughs> Anyways. So, but what was fascinating is these, because it has the hat and sort of what looks like they call it a duster. The family actually assumes it's their grandfather. Oh, wow. Because he killed himself on the property when oh. he discovered he had throat cancer. Oh, and he wow. used to, yeah, and he used to do cattle drives. Right. And so, he would wear a duster. Exactly. But, so they, they think it's him. Uh, and part of me thinks, wouldn't it be funny if this hat man thing was trying to scare them and they just keep going, oh, hey, grandpa. grandpa. <laughs> 
I'm just, it's, it's going, what do I have to do? I think it needs to change houses. I'm thinking just move needs, on. Because they're cool with it and they're kind of happy to see him. And yeah. That is counterproductive <laughs> to their purposes. Yeah, he's, uh, it's like Monsters, Inc. He's the worst of the scarers, you know? <laughs> he's too friendly. How's it going, hat guy? <laughs> Shut up. I have another hat man story for you. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, this person says, I live in a big old house that has been converted to four apartments. I've lived there for almost 10 years and nothing out of the ordinary happened until a woman and her three kids moved in. I started waking up and seeing a tall shadow with a trench coat and a hat. At first I thought I was dreaming, but then I noticed my dog was also watching it. She didn't act scared, afraid or anything, just very alert. The shadow would usually disappear through the wall to where the woman lived. I thought I was going crazy because I didn't believe in anything paranormal, but knew I wasn't dreaming either. Every time the shadow came into my apartment, I would wake up, sit in bed, and watch it. The new neighbor was a real party animal and seriously involved in drugs. After about a month, she split, and her aging mother moved in to take care of the kids. After the drug addict left, everything went back to normal. No sightings, everything ceased. After two months of normalcy, the shadow man started reappearing. Sure enough, Party Queen was back, hiding out in the basement because the police were looking for her. Finally, they announced they were moving out. When the woman's elderly mother was outside, I went up and started talking to her. Eventually, I got her talking about her daughter, and she said, everybody thinks it's the drugs that messed her up, and they're dead wrong. Before I could get her to expand on that, another neighbor came over and the subject was dropped. Then she left, and the shadow has never returned. I, now, I wonder uh, about that, you know, it, the idea of it being attached to someone. Right. Uh, you know, on the weekend, I, I had a conversation with Anthony, who you met at your book signing. Yeah, right. And uh, we were talking about these stories, and he, he thinks, or he said at one point, and I, you know, let me, Anthony, I think you're listening, uh, let me know if I get this wrong, but he thinks that we are the haunted ones. Oh. And that sometimes we are the ones, it, it's not a place, it's not a process. It's a it's person. Us. Oh, wow. Well, and that's really depressing. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wonder if that's, if, and, and I do sometimes wonder, you know, there's that idea, the, the, the realm of the hungry ghosts, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you wonder if, if things attach to people and produce these longings in them. Well, I've heard of both. I've heard of people who, who claim to have been driven to becoming alcoholics, drug addicts, anything to get away from what is attached to them. Oh, okay. But they often come with stories of living in a place and then they move to a new place and the thing is there and they move to a new place and the thing is there. Right. Um, and I mean, that's hard. I mean, that borders on, is it a ghost or is it a mental illness? Yeah. Which can't completely be discounted. But then I've met other people who I never believed in the paranormal. I lived in this house. I had these freaky things happen. I moved away and nothing ever happened again. So what do you, I don't know. How do you reconcile those two? No, that's it. I mean, it reminds me of these dreams I, I had once. Um, I have a very active dream in life, as right. you've noticed. Um, never anything good. Right. Always various terrifying things and oh, strange no. stories. That's not good. No, I know. I don't have a lot of happy dreams. No. <laughs> I like to say it's because my life is so happy that... Uh, I don't have, anyways. Is it because your wife's still saying you said that? Or? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Save me. It's okay. She doesn't listen to the show. Okay, good. So ladies, <laughs> send those news. <laughs> okay, enough. Right. But uh, no, I used to have, after I left my mom's house, after I moved out when I was 19. Right. I started having these dreams and I was fine. Like I was, I hesitate to say footloose and fancy free, but I, my sleep was, used to be troubled when I was a high school kid. I mean, I, I went right. through a lot of depression when I was in high school. And all that crap. And when I moved out, I was fine. And then I started having these dreams where something was telling me, I found you. Oh. Oh. 
Yeah. That's not cool. No, and I don't remember the specifics. I just remember something in my dream telling me, I wonder where he went. Oh, boy. And now here we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I mean, my apartment was was very, very haunted. Yeah. Yeah, I remember and, you telling me about that. And, uh, I mean, I was there however long I was there, a couple of years, and I moved into my house. And I don't think I had those dreams again after leaving the apartment. Right. So it was almost like whatever, it, if it was not my subconscious, you know, talking about my depression. Right. If there was actually an entity, it maybe didn't follow me. Or, or the entity was causing the depression. That could be too, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I had this dream, um, or I should say rather, my grandmother used to buy tabloids. Right. Because, you know, that's what old people That's do. what grandmas do, yeah. Which instilled in me a lifelong love of gossip. Yes, of course. And Lonnie Anderson's cleavage. <laughs> she was always in him. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh, I, there was one thing in there about people, it was an exercise for people who are lacking energy. Right. You know, it's right. like you can draw from the energy of the earth. <laughs> and I mean, I was a kid. I loved the idea of X-Men and all that crap. Yeah. You know, so I thought, oh, man, you know, I can draw power. Right. Yeah. So I lay in bed that night and I tried this thing, this right. exercise. Right. And nothing worked. Obviously, right. you know, just nothing. But then a few minutes later, I distinctly remember it was 8, I want to say 848 or something on the right. clock because I had this red digital readout. Didn't my we all? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I remember it was dark and I noticed bats flying above me. Right. And I thought, oh, crap, you know, because I think maybe the screen was off my window. Right. And I thought, oh, it's just some bats got in. I go call my mom because I was pretty young. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I couldn't move. Oh, wow. And I'm watching these things fly and just flip back and forth above me and, and back and forth. And then they kind of did a loop, went up and flew in me. Oh, like and through or in? Through. Like, well, I, I didn't see them again. So I say in me. Yikes. But either in, in or through me. I don't know which. That's not good. But I felt this electric current go through my body. Ooh. And I passed out. So it did work. It, I guess. But what did you summon? Exactly. Um, and now there was a point when I was a kid where I went from being a really goofy, outgoing, you know, kind of loudmouth kid. Really? I'm I know. Shocked. shocked right? yeah. uh, but I became very reserved. Oh, wow. And I, it, it was it happened literally over the course of a summer wow. because I remember going back to class. I think it was in grade, between grade four and five because I remember going back into class and my classmate said to me, you're really quiet. And I don't know. I don't know if – I can't remember if the two things are connected because I can't yeah. fix the date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, – I, I told this story to another fellow I know who uh, who I met. He used to be – he used to he was living on the street for a while. He's uh, cleaned himself up now. He's got a job. He's doing great. Yeah. But we were having this conversation once when he was he was uh, busking for change. And I, I told him about this and he had had something similar but in reverse. Right. So he was struggling with addiction right. and he was very, very close to um, having a relapse. He So he went to a church and he was just praying to anything, anything that would listen because right. Because he doesn't believe in Christian God. Right. But he was saying anything that, can you help me fight these things? Like this, I fight these urges. And he saw two black bat-like things fly out of his chest. Oh, wow. And as soon as they reached, say, like arm's length, they disappeared. Holy cow. But he didn't relapse. That is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I had kind of a different experience as a kid. I remember being nine or ten years old and definitely feeling like something wrong was in my house right and not knowing anything i just started to imagine a really bright light in my bedroom right and it was pushing out and then i imagined it in my bedroom and the hallway and then my bedroom the hallway my brother's room right and then and i just kept going i yep. filled the 
basement. I filled the whole main part of that, the front yard, the backyard, the garage, everything with this bright white light. And then I went to sleep and nothing came around for probably three or four months. Interesting. And I don't know where that came from. I don't know where I got the idea. Nothing. It was. It just seemed like the right thing to do. Right. And I would do it periodically growing up. I huh. never questioned it, never researched. Well, we didn't have the internet back then. Of course. Um, just knew that that was in some way going to protect me, protect the house. I don't know. That's fascinating. See, that reminds me of uh, something uh, just before we go back to the shadows. Something happened to me when I was, I want to say it was about four years ago now. Right. I was back in Revelstoke and a friend and I, a gal friend and I were going to go see the drive-in movie in Enderby. Right. So we left and mudslides uh, closed both highways behind us. Oh no. Oh, it was terrible. So oh we, got, we got to Enderby, found out the roads closed and we thought, well, we may as well save for the movies now. Yeah. And th- there was no indication of when the roads were going to reopen. Right. Eventually we found out they weren't going to reopen. Right. And we didn't really hadn't, I mean, I, I'm, we were both broke, so we didn't budget for a hotel room. No. And uh, so we, after the movies, we left and we thought, well, I guess we're going to have to sleep in the car. So we cruised around Enderby uh, in the back roads trying to find somewhere to crash where we wouldn't be noticed. Right. We weren't worried about getting hurt, but we didn't want some cop waking us up at three in the morning. Mm, Move along. Move along, yeah. So uh, on the road behind Enderby, there's a back road. There's a reservation back there. Okay. So my, we spotted this uh, circle in the... In the, in sort of the, yeah, off the main oh, road. Oh no, this does not sound like a good ending <laughs> to this story. And you thought, I know, we'll park in the middle of the circle. Perfect. That's what we did. Oh God. Because it was a pull off. It was, it was a mailboxes. Uh-huh. And so we parked there. Now by this point, it had become quite misty. Perfect. Yeah. And so we're sitting there in the car in this thick mist. The only thing we, literally the only thing we can see aside from the gray fog was this blue light of, I guess, maybe a farmhouse in the distance. Right. Blinking on and off. Or the devil. Or him. <laughs> so my friend just, she fell asleep immediately. Nice. She, yeah, I could do that. Oh, me too, man. Wow. I just lay there. It's 2.30 in the morning now and I'm, I'm just, all of a sudden my heart starts racing. Right. Like I'm, I'm, re- I'm having a major anxiety attack about something. Right. I locked the doors. I couldn't. You s- didn't lock them already? That, I would like turn the key <laughs> off and lock the doors. Are you I'd, kidding me? I do that now. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I locked the doors and I just thought, I don't know what's going on. So I, this and this is something I've done so I can sleep at times, is I imagine forming a box around the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. So same kind of deal. Yeah. So I imagine the the sides and then the, the roof. Yeah. And then I imagine that I can't see in or see out and things can't see in. Right. As soon as I did that, I felt fine. Wow. Drifted off to sleep. Woke really? Up the, yeah. Drifted oh. off to sleep, woke up in the morning, you know, tired and miserable. But- I gave Nick a call and because we, the roads were closed for days, we ended up having to take a long circuitous oh back route to get God, home. Yeah. So no. at night at the movies turned into a 600 kilometer road trip. <laughs> but, uh, I called Nick and said, Hey, you know, we, uh, we ended up crashing here. It's actually not far from the graveyard. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Ideal. And, uh, Nick says, well, you know, or I'm sorry, I hadn't told her that yet. I said, you know, we ended up crashing on a back road and she said, I was really worried about you. She said, I woke up at two 30 in the morning, panicked. And she said, when I closed my eyes, the image, you know, you get like the swirling yeah, images. Yeah. She said they, it coalesced into rows and rows of brightly colored rotating crosses. Wow. Yeah. And she said, I was afraid, but not for me. I didn't know. I was just afraid. Wow. It's like I was afraid for someone else, but I couldn't figure out who, but she saw these rotating crosses. And like I said, we were right by the graveyard. a stone's throw from the graveyard on wow. the res. So I don't know. But uh, 
the the protecting thing definitely reminded me of that. That's cool. Yeah. And the, the idea of, of something being attached to a person, also, you know, the, the idea of being attached to an object. Right. I know a gal here in town who told me a story. She took her family out to Sydney Island. I think it's Sydney Island or Sydney Spit, one of the two. Right. But they used to have a brickworks there. And so when they were out there, they found one of the old bricks. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's what she thought. Oh, no. So she found the old brick. Thought, oh, that's great. Took it home as a souvenir, put it up on the mantle, you know, it looks cool, kind of rustic. Well, within a couple of days, her youngest son starts saying it won't sleep in his room. Hmm. And she goes, what, what's, what's going on? And now she's very sensitive. Right. Um, but this completely went over her head. The son says, there's a man in black who's just walking back and forth in the upstairs. Oh, wow. And she said, what do you mean? He said, he's in your room. He just walks back and forth and back and forth. And she didn't know what to do. No. So eventually um, she just took the, she thought, well, the brick is the only thing that's changed. Right. So she took the brick, moved it outside. It stopped. Oh, wow. Then she took the brick, brought it back in. Man's back. Holy cow. Yeah. So I don't know if something had attached itself to that brick or what the deal was, but it seemed to, it reminded me of the story because it's, it just seemed to be associated with an object. Yeah. Uh, so this next story, which is uh, called from online, I find particularly interesting Mm -hmm. uh, for reasons I'll mention afterwards. Okay. My daughter at age 11 or 12 saw shadow people watching from the doorway of her bedroom. She said it looked like two little girls, one about 12 and one smaller. They were solid black. She just laid there watching them watch her and my youngest son. Years later, when my youngest son was about 15 and spending the night at his dad's, he saw a shadow man standing in the doorway observing him. My son thought it was his dad and so called out, Dad? With that, the shadow man's posture straightened, as if surprised that he could be seen, turned and ran down the hallway. My son got up and chased after him, thinking perhaps he was an intruder. But the figure had vanished without a sound. My son and daughter are now 22 and 29 and only a year or so ago found out that the other had seen these beings. Of course, no one wants to mention this stuff because you feel like a nutcase for having seen it in the first place. Last year, from the corner of my eyes, I sat at my computer. I saw a head shape as if peeking out from behind the pillow on my bed. As I turned my glance directly at it to disprove to myself that there was anything there, I watched it slip slowly behind my pillow and it was gone. I was eventually able to get up and pull apart my bedding, hoping to find some explanation but found nothing. Of course, I was immediately curious to see if there was anything online about this phenomenon. I was astounded to put in a phrase like shadow people, which is the only description I could figure, and was flabbergasted at the number of reports that resulted. Here's a creepier thought. What if the ones we see aren't the only ones there are? That is, what if it's a flaw that we can see some? That's why they're surprised when they realize we see them, and they run away. This would mean, if the rest are invisible, that we could be surrounded or watched all the time. Now, obviously that's terrifying for a number of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but something that, I mean, one, her experience of seeing the head slowly peek out from behind her pillow. That's not cool. Not only is it not cool, that's very similar to my first experience, which was I saw a head slowly peeking out from behind a coat rack. Right. And right. it was the same thing. It peeked right. out and then it slowly went back. Oh, wow. uh, but the other thing that really kind of struck a chord with me is the idea that there are more of that we can be surrounded all the time, that there are more of them. Right. And now, you know, we've discussed a little bit that uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did a hypnotic regression. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sort of a past life thing. I know a fellow who's trying to get his hours in to become a hypnotherapist and he needed a volunteer. Right. So I went and did it. Well, the subject of shadow people came up 
And my, at this point in the, in the regression, he was talking directly to what he called my subconscious. And, uh, as you pointed out, my subconscious kind of sounds like Michael Keaton. <laughs> Either in Beetlejuice or as Ray Kroc in the founder. The founder, yeah, one or the yeah. other. Uh, you're, you are, I think you've got a 60-year-old man trapped in your body. That's what I'm thinking. That's not an image I care to pursue. <laughs> the subject of shadow people came up and the way they came up, the way it came up was, oh, it was pretty creepy and it yeah. dovetails with this. And I'm actually, I'd like to share a little bit of that. Uh, with our listeners. Now, this is an excerpt from my my hypnotic regression. Right. Uh, according to the hypnotherapist speaking, who you may hear speaking, uh, the hypnotherapist is Garnet Schulhauser. He's a local Victoria-based author. And um, I, I'm not going to bleep this just because I, I don't want to lessen the effect of it. Right. But there is a little bit of salty language. In and there. it is creepy. It is creepy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is my hypnotic regression discussing shadow people. Is there any last message that you want to give to uh, Brennan before you leave? Just be careful, kid. Be careful? Yeah. Careful about what? The shadows, the shapes. I know you see them and they see you. And uh, Protect yourself. Figure out how to protect yourself. I don't know. And the shaman helped. The shaman, he cleared out some of the, 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 the dust and he managed to get you safe so those things can't fucking get into you again. Um, but all the same... You, what you've seen is just a fucking fraction of what's out there, and uh, you just just be safe. Try and be safe. So that was that. Wow. Yeah, it, there was a bunch of stuff in there that I found interesting, and, and I kind of go back and forth on the legitimacy of hypnotic regression, but that particular thing just yeah, it's resonated with me and, and kind of creeped me out. Yeah, that is really interesting. It is, and I, I don't know what to make of it. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening. Sleep tight. <laughs> Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And Stitcher. We're finally on Stitcher. Yay! Andrew, uh, who I met at um, Ian's signing, I told you I was going to have a story for you about Lizzie Borden House. Uh, I've decided that's going to have to wait. Uh, one, we're, we're way over time. And two, I'm actually thinking we're going to do a whole episode about Lizzie Borden House. That sounds like a great idea because you've been there. I have, yeah. Awesome. I stayed one night there. And um, hopefully that'll be interesting. That finally comes up. Yeah. And don't forget to listen to my interview on Midnight in the Desert with Heather Wade on May 18th from 9.25 p.m. to 1 a.m. I will be listening and I promise not to call the music a funny voice. Sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'll definitely check him out. And uh, yeah, watch for the episode of Ghost Insight. Ghost Insight is one of Jim Harold's plus shows, so it's only available to his subscribers. Right. So I wouldn't even be able to hear it. Uh, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're not a subscriber to Jim's to Jim's shows, uh, you should be. I mean, I think it's 60 bucks for the year. He's a good guy. I mean, Jim wrote the intro for my book. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And he had me on the Paranormal Podcast last year. So, I mean, that was all helped me really get a boost. Yeah. So I think you'll enjoy that. Perfect. All right. Thanks to Pizzanta Music, as always, for our intro. Yeah, don't forget to share us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I don't know how you can share us on Instagram, but... Whatever you can do. Talk about us anyways. Get Post a picture of yourself get and say, there. hey, these guys are handsome, witty, and you should listen to their show. <laughs> and hashtag everything. Oh, of course, because we don't want to forget that. No. All right, folks. I'm uh, I'm off, actually. I'm taking off tomorrow. Well, drive safe. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm headed off to Alberta. and uh, Don't get shot or marry your cousin. I can say that because I'm from there. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I will be back in just about two weeks, and we'll be back, hopefully, with uh, some great road stories. You bet. And until then, uh, take care. Be good to one another. And since we've had kind of a dark episode, uh, we're going to go out to the sweet, relaxing tunes of our very own Ian Gibbs singing. I hate you so much. I know the Lord. I hate you. I know the Lord. I know the Lord. The Lord will smite you. Eh, it's worth it. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. I know the Lord. I know the Lord. 
For last month, <laughs> I just put it in there to f- with you, and I read it earlier, and I didn't gadget it. <laughs> so just say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> great tripper. We ended up both really sick, but we walked out. There's a guy working at Quality Foods, very slender, kind of slight guy. We walked out and eating our burritos, and I said to my cousin, "You know, if I f- dudes, I'd f- that dude." <laughs> Rudolph with your ball so bright. <laughs> Do you know what? Don't. Just, just don't. There's so many horrible ways that could go. Just don't.